Welcome to Chaplain Stories, sacred stories from the front lines of ministry. My name is Chaplain Caleb McCary, and we are going to be talking to chaplains about their stories, living out their calling and ministering to military personnel. I'm so glad to have you joining us as we talk about faith, life, and ministry with our guests. Welcome to Chaplain Stories. I'm Chaplain McCary, and I have two, uh, yes, two chaplains here with me today. And I'm very excited to have this interview and to learn a little bit about these two sisters' story and what brought them into the Chaplain Corps. Uh, Just as a reminder to all of our listeners, the opinions that are expressed here are my own or that of my guests and not those of the Army. So, in getting started, I'd like to hear your name, your current position. What, what are you currently doing in the Army? So let's start with you, Leanne. Well, yes, well, so hello. Yes, I'm um, Leanne Ward. I am chaplain for uh, 10th Engineer Battalion here at uh, 1st Brigade. I've been at Fort Stewart um, approaching a, a year now, come, come March. All right. And Allison? I'm her sister, um, younger sister, Chaplain Allison Ward. I'm with the military police here at Fort Stewart and Hunter Army Airfield. Um, we were able to PCS at the same time, so I'm also coming up on a year. Oh, very good, very good. So as you heard, uh, I have the Ward sisters here with me today and, and have a very interesting story about kind of what got the two of you into the chaplaincy. So I'd like to start with you, Allison. Um, what did you do before becoming a chaplain? Well, we always knew that God had a calling on our lives, but we didn't know in what capacity that would be. So we are from the Houston area originally, and during our time there, uh, I've worked as an academic advisor in a community college there, and um, had a wonderful time doing that. But when after graduating from college, uh, we were reminded of a promise that we'd made to the Lord about going off to seminary for school. Just to prepare, we didn't know what kind of ministry field exactly that God wanted us to go into, but we were doing preparation and doing a lot of seeking God's face for His will and direction for the future of our lives, and it was there one Sunday that we got the call to go to the chaplaincy. So so you, you felt the call to ministry, but not specifically the chaplaincy to begin with. Correct. And where do you guys go to seminary? Uh, Southwestern Assemblies of God. So it's located in Waxahachie, which is near the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area. Okay. Well, I, I know the, the area. I went to seminary in Fort Worth, a uh, Southwestern Baptist, so uh, so I'm familiar with that area. Well, Leanne, what, what about you? What did you do before becoming a chaplain? Well, um, as Allison mentioned, actually our lives have um, paralleled um, very closely. We actually um, ended up doing the same major. I was an English lit major in undergrad. Uh, my sister did the same thing as well. And then um, for going on to, to um, seminary. So for me, that was actually a little bit more of a, of a struggle. I had wanted to go on to um, graduate school and I wanted to be a history or English professor. But I too felt that uh, that God uh, was uh, tugging on my heart to prepare for uh, ministry, and uh, at first um, I didn't see myself doing that. I, I saw teaching as being my strength, and so. Uh, but you know, I decided I was going to go ahead and obey instead of doing what I wanted to do, and so uh, while I was in um, seminary, 
I remembered we were um, on our way to uh, to church in the Dallas area, and my sister Allison just heard the word chaplain, just like spoken mm-hmm. in her spirit like that, and um, and from the the time that she you know she she heard that 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 voice speaking to her that chaplain was the was the way to go. She didn't know in what area of the chaplaincy would be, and um, it actually was through talking with our our mother that she actually said, "Oh, you mean the military chaplaincy," <laughs> and so. Uh, uh, so Allison was kind of more like, well, um, I'm not quite sure that I just heard the word chaplain. So she started doing some research, and yeah. all the while I'm feeling a connection to it. But I kept quiet about the whole thing because I didn't want her to think that I was copying her. <laughs> so, but I remembered, um, you know, I finally um, came out and had to tell her that I I was um, feeling a connection to this as well. Um, she was uh, looking at a couple of blogs that some chaplains had posted, and um, one of them he described it as being a muddy boot ministry. And so I just uh, just felt so connected, and I, I'm like, wow, what a great opportunity to be able to to serve. But it was definitely something I never had pictured or imagined for myself. So I, I've got to ask Allison. And so you guys hadn't really considered had you had the military ever really been in the picture at all? No, not at all. And, and so this the chaplaincy, and then and then specifically. Uh, the army chaplaincy, you know, what what's going through your mind as as you're starting to figure out this is the direction uh, that we're gonna go? Yeah, well, like what Leanne said, when I heard the word chaplaincy just drop, chaplain just drop into my spirit, I can honestly tell you that had been one ministry field I'd never considered. I didn't know much about chaplains. I didn't know what they did. Um, I just knew they kind of floated out there and weren't exactly attached to a church or, or a pulpit ministry, and they weren't exactly mini- missionaries. But um, I, And I thought it was just something that generated for me at first because I have a somewhat active imagination. And I had to finally, after a week of just praying on it and thinking on it, and when I told my mother about it, and she said, military chaplaincy, which is a little strange that our mother would be the one to bring this up, but I think it was the Holy Spirit using and directing her in that, to kind of turn our focus in that direction. And the only branch that I looked up was Army. I didn't think about any other branch of the military. Well, we had folks encouraging us to go Air Force and some other branches. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's always the way it is. When I was young and I'm looking at enlisting in the Army, they're like, are you sure you don't want to do the Air Force? (laughs) Yes, exactly. We got that quite a bit. But um, no, we felt that an instant and immediate connection, and that was in uh, 2007. And so we joined, we called a recruiter that same summer, and we started the paperwork. And in December of 2007, we joined what was called the Chaplain Candidate Program. At that time, we were, it was attached to the IRR, which is the the readiness group and so we didn't have it as it was designed now where you can fall under brigade and monitor a chaplain but it was called the look-see program which allowed uh, seminary students the opportunity to get a direct commission and then during your summers you could go off to chaplain basic officer leadership course or Chibolic at Fort Jackson to be able to see if this is your calling and if this is not something that you think God's calling you to do you could resign your commission but we fell in love with it we went the following summer in 2008 and just was further confirmation. When were you guys at Chibolic? Uh, 2008, um, so we did, because we were still in seminary, so we did our um, CIMT, the, so our chaplain initial military training, mm-hmm. and phase one. And because uh, at the time, they, they would only allow you to complete the course and graduate mm-hmm. if you were to graduate seminary that year or had already completed. Right. So we actually finished, um, uh, we went back the following summer in 2009, and completed graduated. the course and graduated. So 
Were you at Chibolic between June and September of 2008? Yes, we were. So how did I not know we were in the same Chibolic class? <laughs> we were in the we offset, offset class. It was oh, so large. We that's were the right. red-headed stepchildren. That's right. There was an offset class. I remember that yes. now. Because I was like, this sounds very similar to my time frame. How did I not <laughs> know who you guys were? Well, you mentioned your mother um, was kind of the one who started the, 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 the wheel rolling with the, specifically the military chaplaincy. Yes. So, so what, what, is, what do you think and, and what does she think about this whole venture that you guys are, are thinking you want to embark on here? Uh, she's just kind of encouraged us to embrace it. I mean, our, our dad, uh, in the beginning, he yeah. was, I think, you know, being a, a, you know, the father, we're his, you know, the, uh, we're, I'm the eldest of four. And so, you know, he's looking at his two eldest, and uh, at the time, you know, we were right in the middle of, you know, That's heavy with the war and all that stuff. And so he was, you know, he was concerned. And, um, but as, as um, he became convinced that, you know, and our mom helped him with that, um, that, you know, this was a call God had placed in our lives and that, you know, that we were going to be okay. God was going to take care of us and, and, and prepare the way. And so he, he's very proud of what we do. And, um, but yeah, I do. I, I feel the support of my family helps me uh, embrace the adventure um, even more. And I just take great um, uh, enjoyment and find myself very fulfilled in, in doing this ministry to the soldiers. Yeah. So you guys, uh, you come into the chaplain candidate program in 2007, you do Chibolic 2008-2009, and then go back to finish seminary, correct? Right. All this time we were still working on seminary as well as our ordination. And so we graduated from seminary in 2009, December. And then uh, we're ordained with the Assemblies of God in 2010. And it was that summer that we sessioned into the reserves and we became chaplains in the reserves and served for two years with the civil affairs unit in the in the houston area and ellington field so okay uh, leanne um so you did some reserve time Correct. Uh, what were you doing in that reserve time um between uh, the reserve time and coming on to active duty. Uh, Was there any civilian ministry that you were doing at that time? Yes, so so I also was involved, um, as was my sister Allison, so through our church we had a very active um, nursing home ministry that we had going on, so that was something that we, you know, regularly were a part of, um, preaching and singing and and, uh, leading with that. And, um, and then also, too, uh, we both uh, worked as academic advisors so at a, at a community college. So that also um, gave that opportunity there to work also with a lot of um, military vets during that time. So it, it just helped to kind of connect everything for us, and it was a great experience. Yeah, in addition with our district, we were able to help. There was a church, several churches that were either in between where we served as interim to be able to preach in their pulpits while they were doing their pastoral searches and whatnot. So it's... um. I will say it is somewhat unique having a female minister and finding those opportunities to uh, minister in a senior pastorate position are unique. So, um, but God was faithful and was able to get us, we were able to gain the experience that we needed to be able to come on board as uh, full-fledged chaplains and serve in this great calling. So That's awesome. So uh, what year did you guys end up coming on to active duty? Our board was, okay, that was September of 2012, so we began our first active duty assignment was um, January of 2013. Okay, and uh, your first duty station, uh, I know you guys were both at the same place, right? Your first duty station? What type of units were you in? 
So we were both stationed at Fort Bragg. I was with uh, a combat aviation brigade. And so on my unit, we were um, an aviation support battalion. So we were um, on mechanical heavy. We worked on repairing their um, aircraft. Okay, and Allison? Um, over there at Fort Bragg as well, I was with an air defense artillery unit. And so basically the Patriot missile systems, making sure that our skies are safe. And um, it was a great, unique mission that it was a lot of readiness preparation, not much opportunity to actually utilize those particular systems, which is a blessing because um, stuff is going to be really bad if we ever had to use those. But a really great opportunity to be with the ADA folks. And uh, was it with those those two units that you guys deployed? I see the, the combat patches. Yes. Yes. Right. Uh, both to Afghanistan? or uh, I went to Afghanistan. Okay. What about you? We had a split operations uh, mission that was in the Middle East, so I was able to serve a 10-month deployment in Jordan and the United Arab Emirates is where we were. Okay, very good. Um, now I want to just kind of hear some of the stories uh, that you guys have accumulated in your times <laughs> as chaplains. Um, so I'll start with you, Leanne. What would you say is the most physically challenging thing that you've done as a chaplain? Well, I'd say it's it's always a challenge just waking up every morning to go do PT. <laughs> Mentally challenging there, but um, you know, once you get going, it's uh, it, it all your 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 body and your mind all kind of comes together, uh, doing doing that. But uh, and I also had um, uh, airborne school that I had um, had been working towards going going to, so that was also a, a challenge uh, for me um, physically. What about you, Allison? I will never forget our first 12-mile uh, ruck march that we had to do as a force comm requirement or through 18th Airborne Corps requirement. And I'm vertically challenged, as my brother loves to say. So I'm barely f five, five foot three in that window. And carrying a rucksack with my short legs is just something that was a challenge for me. And having my teammates come alongside and just be able to say, you got this chaplain, just put your next foot in front of the other to be able to do this. And coming in at a very good time, it was amazing. It, it was God that carried me. <laughs> so it was, it was fun, though, being able to do that all together as a unit. That's awesome. What would you say is the most spiritually challenging thing uh, that you've encountered so far, Allison? You know, as chaplains, you're constantly outputting. You're giving, giving, giving of yourself and trying to connect soldiers to God and families and whatnot. And so it's very careful for us to not go to the well ourselves and be able to say that, God, I need a replenishing. So being able to balance and say, I just need to pull away, have that quiet time to engage, that's something that's a challenge for me at times to remember that I need to go with my source and to pull away a little bit and just recharge. So. What have you found that uh, helps you recharge? Because I know we get uh, chaplains who listen to this, yeah. and if they're, if they're anything like me, I'm always looking for uh, new ways, new ideas on how I can go to that well and recharge. Mm -hmm. So what have you found that's worked for you? 
me going my rides to and from work in the morning are very important i usually will take i have a bible app and i put it on read and so that's where i get some opportunity to listen um i don't do it as often but i love taking walks like particularly in nature and then just making sure my devices are put away and spend some time to just sing and pray sometimes taking a journal that gives me an opportunity to just kind of recharge what about you, Leanne? What have you uh, experienced, encountered that has been spiritually challenging for you as a chaplain? I, it's almost ditto what Allison just um, shared that you know with the uh, the pace that that we go at sometimes and and you know you, you come in thinking okay might be able to in in the mornings uh, before I you know have any counseling appointments or meetings be able to come and have my devotional time but I. I too have found it's much better um, for me to be able to um, listen to the word um, on my way to work, on my way to PT. And for me, I always look forward to our um, uh, endorser conferences every year. That gives me a great time to be able to also spiritually um, like recharge and have that moment where we can be able to focus on that. And so I, I, take, I take great um, pleasure in having those opportunities to uh, rejuvenate myself spiritually and to connect also with other chaplains within my um, faith tradition. So you would be uh, you, you would be an encourager for chaplains to attend their endorsers conference. Yes. I, I, I heartily agree with that. Well you guys have been a cha- been in the chaplaincy now for several years um, and you don't have to be a chaplain long before you start encountering some very difficult things. Yeah. Uh, Leanne, what would you say has been your toughest day or event in the chaplaincy? Uh, for me, it was actually um, doing my uh, my first memorial ceremony, and it was for a soldier that had um, suicided. And um, I remembered I had had uh, recently we'd had a, a, a my battalion commander we had um, had a change of command, and about uh, a month after, uh, so I have a brand new commander. Uh, this uh, sad uh, incident took place, and um, and I was uh, in the middle of I was actually teaching at a strong bonds event when I got a call from my exo that this had had occurred, and so um, you know it was making the uh, talking to my brigade chaplain to try to get somebody else there to finish out the retreat, and then you know me come back over there to provide support to my soldiers that were hurting, and and provide that you know leadership now about okay how do we prepare to conduct this memorial ceremony because it had been a long time since anything like that had you know happened within the unit and so we were able to really like walk through it and and um, you know prepare for it and so we were able to you know bring bring honor to our, our fallen soldier but that was definitely a difficult season for me. Allison what about you? Well, I would say it was two events somewhat back-to-back. In one of my companies at my previous unit, um, they lost a soldier, a sergeant, to suicide. But then, about nine months later, there was a lieutenant that was in a car accident. So it was that same company, you know, back there on the same floor, and it just brought up a lot of memories again. So I found myself working not just with current grief, but a lot of residual grief, and that coming back up with my soldiers and my leaders and and dealing with that, and even for myself, to be honest, to just um, being in that room with another grieving family, praying through, walking with them, and then making the decision to take them off um, the ventilator so that way they can, you know, pass peacefully. But, you know, God gives grace, and even through those those trials and storms, I found the greatest opportunity among for tenderness 
to hear about God, to talk about faith, to start exploring the eternal. And those are opportunities as chaplains we don't get every day, where people are willing to drop the, the, their guard, if you will, so that way we can engage in those deep, meaningful conversations with them. So that's where I got somewhat closest to my units, was during those dark days. And that's, that's really where the, the rubber hits the roads hits the road for chaplains is in those those moments like that and like you said th- those are moments where in the darkest times sometimes we see uh, God's grace and God opening those doors for ministry in the most dramatic ways and just kind of as a follow-up to that uh, for both of you what helped you as you were walking through those events with your units um, what helped you process that as well, Leanne? Well, definitely, uh, you know, knowing, of course, that, you know, my God was there with me every step of the way. But it was a huge help having uh, Allison there, another well, family, first of all, and then that she's also a chaplain. And so that I could be able to, you know, share with her, you know, what I was going through and my struggles and that, you know, it'd be able to remain confidential. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, you know, my, my, my our mom has also been a huge uh, support and has provided a lot of uh, wisdom and guidance. So I, those having having both of them. Uh, in my life to to seek uh, has been tremendous to me. Allison? I would say very, very similar to what um, Leanne has said. So God in his wisdom has been able to bless us that we've been each other's built-in battle buddies throughout this whole journey so far, and he's kept us together in the assignments that we've been in, and and being able to not have to put on a face or not to have to hold back information with Leanne when I'm dealing with some tough days. She can just be there as a support is, is important. And then <laughs> to be honest, sometimes it's just a, a comedy flick, some movie that we can see that we can just laugh because laughter does heal the soul. And even though it may say, well, you need to be serious, it's like, well, I also need to not lose my mind. So <laughs> being able to be a support and comfort and of use to my unit is still yeah. important as well. Too. Uh, you know, I've, I've had several conversations with folks that I think if you can't just laugh sometimes at how ridiculous things can get yeah. in the army and you know what I'm yeah. talking about when I say how ridiculous things can get in the army you just have to have some sort of sense of humor yes I, I don't know how some people who have no sense of humor get through <laughs> army life because you just have to laugh at some of it sometimes well along with the the difficult days in the chaplaincy there are also many uh, rewarding days mm-hmm. so Allison what would you say has been a particularly rewarding day or event for you oh. God gives us so many of those little gifts, but sometimes it's just those random, what what on the surface looks like a random encounter with a soldier. They'll either walk into the office pretending to get just a cup of coffee or a piece of candy, and then they end up coming in your office and you have those deep, meaningful conversations with them. Uh, Over the course of my ministry, I've been able to lead um, at least five soldiers to the Lord. I haven't been in very long, and some people will say, well, that's not such a big number but in the sense that we are prohibited from proselytizing in the military the fact that they're coming there means that there's they're looking for something and hopefully they're seeing Christ in me enough to be able to ask how can they address the void that's in their own life and so being able to lead them in that journey and then being able to baptize them or as important I was afforded that opportunity to baptize several, several soldiers, airmen and, and special forces that were there in Jordan, in the actual Jordan River, which was amazing, a kind of pinch yourself moment. I never thought I would be there on the um, 
in that type of setting, it was it was pretty amazing, and I hold those as very precious moments during my ministry. Leanne, what stands out to you? Well, I've shared that I really enjoy teaching, so definitely... I've had the opportunity to teach with you, so that's been very good. Yes, it has been, and so definitely any opportunities to have um, for strong bonds, any uh, marriage uh, enrichment seminars, single soldiers, uh, even teaching uh, assist. For me to hear of the feedback from the soldiers and family members when they come back, be it from looking at their AAR comments at the end or that they verbally come up to me and they say, okay, yeah, we thought we were through, but as a result of you know something that you said and how you presented the material, I, I feel like I, I'm able to step away from this and say, okay, I, I'm willing to go back to the drawing board again and give this marriage another shot. And so that is a huge encouragement to me because then I feel like I've been able to, to do something worthwhile and help. Excellent, excellent. Well, I know this is kind of a broad question and one that may have many answers, but if you could narrow it down to just you know one or two things or a few statements, um, Leanne, what would you say you love most about being a chaplain? The soldiers. It's definitely if it's if it's not about the soldiers, mm -hmm. if it can't if if if, if you, you take that out of it, getting out there, being where the soldiers are, then it's yeah. I wouldn't want to have anything to do with it really. Yeah. It's it's having those those moments of that ministry of presence, and just you know engaging with the soldiers and hearing what's going on in their world, and helping to connect them to the fact that they they have a hope, and yes. even those that have no faith background at all helping them to see about you know the, the importance of the fact that they do have a spiritual component to them that also needs feeding and nourishment is is vital and key to me so definitely it's a it's the soldiers anything to add to that Allison we no. answered everything that's on my heart it's the soldiers it really is all right so you've done this for a few years now mm -hmm. which means you have a few more years experience than some folks who just started on this journey so if you had uh, had some new chaplains sitting in front of you and you had the opportunity to share some of the wisdom that you've gleaned uh, over these couple of duty stations that you've been at now, uh, what would you tell them, Allison? Well, one of the first things I would talk to them about is pacing, pacing yourself and trying to find that balance. Because when I first started and was on my first active duty unit, I jumped in and tried to be everywhere for everyone all at once. And I was starting to stretch myself a little bit thin. And usually when you start giving that out on the outset, everyone will expect you to maintain that the entire time, which can be very, very uh, wearisome, particularly for your family, because you have to also maintain that as well. So I just ask for wisdom, you know, to be able to be there for your soldiers, your leaders, and their families, but to know what events to be able to say, no, I can't go to that, or maybe divide that up between yourself and your chaplain assistant to do that as well. Which brings up another point with your chaplain assistant. Take the time to mentor that young soldier that you have. Um, sometimes you will get stellar ones. Sometimes, to be honest, you'll have less than stellar ones. But God gave them to you for a season and for a purpose. And whatever good that you can do, do what you can for them. Whether it be through awards, through their monthly counselings, just take the time to mentor them because we are a unit ministry team. And they can 
they have your back literally in the physical sense, so it will help for so you can also mentor them as best as you can as well along their path and journey. Mm-hmm. I've been, been blessed with some excellent chaplain assistants, and, and I think that's very good advice that you just shared. Uh, what about you, Leanne? What advice would you give to a brand new chaplain? They're trying to figure this thing out. I would say uh, come with a willingness uh, to learn and don't feel like you have to you know, know everything all at once. As you, you get into um, learning you know, your unit and, um, and as Alison was talking about, you know, uh, finding that common ground and, and building unity there with your chaplain assistant. All of the other stuff as far as like the army and you know, knowing how, how to do up counseling and, and all these things that, 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 that come that have nothing to do with pastoral ministry per se, that can sometimes feel like it's a lot. Just have that willingness to be able to, to learn and to just take it step by step. Uh, God always will put people in your path to be able to you know, show you what right looks like and to, to help um, groom you in those areas that you mightn't be very strong in. I think that that willingness to learn is so important. And you bring that into a unit, and uh, you're not afraid to ask questions. It, mm-hmm. that, that just sets a good, uh, a good solid foundation. So I yes. think that, that's, I, ha- I had the same things told to me when I was starting out. Uh, on active duty and it's been supremely helpful mm. well you guys said now now did both of you study english lit yes we did okay it's so this is actually a new question that this is the first time i've asked this for the podcast and uh I, i'm i'm a reader yes and I, I set a reading goal every year sometimes i hit it sometimes i don't um, I try to read 20 books a year, which you guys probably read like 40 books a year. So <laughs> I, I try to read 20 books a year, a mix of you know fiction, theology, um, uh, history. You try and mix it up a little bit. Well, what one or two books, Allison, have been influential or beneficial to you yes. that if you could hand them off to somebody, you'd be like, you need to read this book. The first one I would say is The Dark Side of Leadership by Rima. Um, That book was so influential to me because it shows that even though we have sometimes a good heart in the way we want it to lead, that same gift that we have can also be used to corrupt us. And that's the side of leadership we don't often talk about. So being that to be able to kind of watch your six, if you will, to watch those tendencies within yourself that tripped the leaders in the Bible that he talks about, whether it be Moses or Samson, those areas that kind of got them a little bit off course and cost them in the long run. Those are some things that we can watch in ourselves. So that's one book. The second one would be The Speed of Trust by Stephen M. R. Covey. And it was just amazing that trust is the glue that causes all organizations, whether it be relationships, whether it be in the military, whatever. If trust is not there, relationship is not going anywhere, and you're not going to be able to get stuff done. So in being able to address that and in yourself and within your organization about are you trustworthy, how can you build trustworthiness, so that way things can go more smoothly, that is another excellent book to be able to address that issue as well. Well, now I have another two to add to my reading list. I imagine I'm going to get two more right here. What about you, Leanne? What are what are some one or two books that have been beneficial to you? Uh, the two that um, that really stand out to me that I, I I read one of them was actually was while I was in, in seminary, and it was called uh, Who Stole My Church, 
and it was basically talking about how uh, going from looking at uh, as the as the congregation e evolves from those that have been there for you know 30 40 years to now uh, new people coming in and sometimes we, we tend to lose sight of well whose church is it anyway that it's God's and so um, for me I, I take that and apply it to now here being a, a, a chaplain that you know things change happens and you having the flexibility to move along with the change as it goes makes things so much better than trying to resist as the the, the tide is coming in and out. Uh, the other book that I liked a lot was um, John Maxwell's um, 360 uh, Leader. And so it was basically talking about how, uh, you know, as leaders, sometimes we, we look at, uh, we see the finished product. And, you know, we were like, okay, well, I want to be like this person. I want to have a ministry like this. And you don't want to stop and look at, okay, well, what did it take to get that person there? There was a lot of uh, groundwork that had to be done. And then how do you go about uh, encouraging other people to want to be able to grow and to build that teamwork? So I really appreciated that book. Very good. Transformational. Very good. Thank you, Leanne. So now, now I got four books that I need to add to my ever-growing. It never shrinks. My reading list never shrinks. It only grows. I can never read fast enough to shrink my reading list. But I suppose that's a good problem to have. It is. So as you look kind of towards the future um, in the chaplaincy, what do you think are some of the biggest challenges that face chaplains and the chaplaincy in the future, Leanne? I think remaining relevant, remaining relevant because, I mean, there are things are changing within our society. Uh, looking at things globally, politically, and, you know, we've had the whole back and forth thing of, you know, people trying to get rid of the chaplain corps altogether, talking about whether or not it's relevant and the whole separation between church and state, but where soldiers are and the fact that soldiers do have uh, religious beliefs of some sort, we're the ones that are there to help them to be able to practice those religious beliefs and so I think being able to to show that we are there to provide that support and also to meet the army's needs as that continues to evolve is going to be key. And I think you hit on a, on a, a really good point because when I think about how uh, how our helping resources in the army are structured as of now uh, there is no other resource as close to the soldier as the chaplain. Yes. Everything mm -hmm. else is at a higher level. Right. So there's no other resource as close to the soldier as the unit chaplain. What about you, Allison? What are some of the challenges that you see facing, chap facing the chaplaincy and chaplains in the future? Well, probably a bit of transformation as well. We've been dealing with um, fighting an asymmetrical type of war for a long time and dealing with uh, that type of environment, but our battle lines might change in the future. Uh, we might be experiencing other things that we have not dealt with in the past 10, 11, 12 years of, of war. So being able to know and somewhat go to the past to see how it was done before us while at the same time being as Leanne said, cut, relevant and cutting edge so that we can be there where our soldiers are and go where they need to go, regardless of what it may be. But staying true to ourselves 
in the midst of it is what's important. Staying true to your faith, staying true to your ecclesiastical ties and whatever your endorser may be. The, the temptation is that, oh, I just need to become popular. And then by being popular, you become like a chameleon and then you don't know who you are after a while. But people respect when you know who you are and that you have a stand for it without being overbearing with it. So I think as chaplains, if we remain true to our faith, true to ourselves, and stay there with the soldiers being wherever they are, that we will continue to have a seat at the table. All right, one final question as we wrap things up. So what is the response that you guys usually get when, you know, you walk into a, a room together <laughs> as the, the ward sisters, both chaplains, uh, that, is that a surprise to most people? Yeah, As, yeah most folks are shocked. Um, if I'm, you know, by myself, separated from, from uh, Allison, uh, I, had, I had one soldier actually said to me, he's like, oh, you're like a unicorn. I, I've never seen a female chaplain before. So then <laughs> if they see two of us, then they're like doubly shocked yeah. uh, about it. And uh, so it, it's definitely not something that they're used to. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. Sometimes they'll look at us and say, oh, there are two of you. And I'm like, yeah, there are two of us stationed at the same place. God is good. And um, it's fun when I get some emails that were people from her unit. She gets my emails, vice versa, and then we have to send them back and forth to each other and just say it happened again. So it's fun. But, you know, God has a purpose for all of this. Well, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate your time this afternoon. And I appreciate the, the ministries that you guys have here at Fort Stewart and in uh, getting to to watch that from a distance. So thank you very much for, for coming by and doing this this afternoon. Thank you for having us. Well, thank you for listening to Chaplain Stories. Uh, you can find Chaplain Stories on SoundCloud and iTunes. And if you like what you're hearing, share it on your social networks with your friends and family. And we'll see you next time for another episode of Chaplain Stories. Thunder and flame, wherever the call.